Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Welcome back to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast, everybody. Right off the bat, I've got to thank everyone for supporting patreon.com slash Dangerous World Podcast. You all are awesome, and you help keep the lights on, so to speak, in the studio here, which is just my house. So, uh, Also, Dangerous World Store, if you're interested in looking at any of the merch, and some more merch will be coming A lot more effort being put into the show recently because I've got a lot more time. So this is going to be cool stuff. And what this episode is going to be bringing, this is like an old school one. This is, you know, just solo me. Um, When I say old school, we're talking about a year ago or so. And, um, you know, just doing the solo stuff, talking about some of this weird new world order, old world order stuff. A little bit about Albert Pike, uh, the majority of the beginning The stuff that the freeloaders will be listening to is mostly about Albert Pike. Also, the Jesuits versus the Freemasons, um, Old World Order versus New World Order, which I mentioned, and just the whole kind of concept of these three world wars that was supposedly a plan in an 1871 letter from Albert Pike to what is thought to be his boss, again, according to this theory, and Giuseppe Massini, an Italian dude based out of Rome. So, um... You know, black pope stuff, black nobility stuff, just uh, very, very interesting, strange connections with the foundation of this country. Some of the deception that we see um, in our day to day lives when it comes to theorizing about what the Freemasons are, what the Jesuits represent. The old world order, is it good? I, I, I mean, it's tough to say yes or no to any of these things, but. I'm hoping that we can, uh, you know, find some some weird shit here, and hopefully you'll learn something that you didn't know about. I sure definitely learned a lot about um, the whole foundation and and what the United States I think was meant to be in the eyes of these powerful elite that I think really do still rule over this country today. We feel like we broke away from the crown, but then we also see, you know really, really horrible entities and, and empires throughout time, simply rebranding. The most popular one here is definitely the Third Reich rebranding into the United States government and the power structure. But we'll see, you know, again, what dots we can connect here. And um, feel free to email at, at uh, dangerousworldpodcast at gmail.com. Still rocking the Gmail. So uh, if you have any questions or anything to add, absolutely hit me up. And then uh, Dangerous World Pod on Instagram. That's where the show's uh, social media presence is most heavily. But um, I want to start this episode off with a quote here. I see a very dark cloud on America's horizon. And that cloud is coming from Rome. I guess who said that? It was Abraham Lincoln. Old Honest Abe. Okay. Um, 
This is this is a, interesting for him to say this because around when he was in power as president, uh, as the figurehead that we call the president of the United States, there's a lot of this stuff going on um, with the whole civil war, with the real. Again, this is in America's infancy. We're still a very young country here in the United States. And we've been plagued with problems and we've been set up since the beginning to be an experiment of sorts. And I know that this is a popular theory, but I want to kind of lay out some of the aspects of what this whole experiment was meant to be. They have all their bases covered, it seems, but that doesn't mean that we need to give up hope and start looking into just, you know, darkness. I think that there's always hope as long as we're each alive and we have um, the weapons that is uh, consisting of different knowledge. Like, you know, like the stuff that I'm hopefully going to lay out here for you. So one of the main questions that I'm trying to answer here is, is Albert Pike the mastermind behind all the world wars or was he just a figurehead? Because, again, a lot of this stuff in the beginning, especially, is going to be about him and just some really interesting connections that I found with him, the Jesuits, along with some other figures and theories about what the intended future of mankind is if these elites have their way, right? The ever-present they. This um, they, of course, being the big club that we ain't in, as George Carlin so iconically said. Now, um, Albert Pike has successfully predicted two of the three world wars. And if you don't know who Albert Pike is, look him up. I've talked about him several times. Uh, probably the most iconic and influential Freemason uh, Civil War general on the Confederate side, if I, my memory serves me correctly. Um, it's an entirely different episode, and I'm assuming that you know who Albert Pike is by going into this stuff, but he predicts accurately, again, two of these three world wars that we have already seen um, as, a, as a world, right? And in a letter that he writes, allegedly, okay, because we have to say allegedly here because there is some controversy over when the letter was written, but we're saying 1871, Okay, and I mentioned his counterpart, this Italian dude. And again, somebody that I think is Pike's boss in Giuseppe Massini. And Pike actually includes what the two fighting sides would represent. And I'll explain this here in just a bit. Now, the Cold War, which is widely thought to be World War Three or an extension of World War Two, is not included in many other wars that have involved a, a good percentage of countries out there aren't included either. And I don't know if this is to, you know, add to the gravitas of these world wars and, um, you know, maybe make this Masonic leader's vision more accurate. There's a lot of questions here. But again, we're trying to, to dig to the bottom of this. Now, before I read through his predictions and get into the meat of the episode, I do want to say that there are claims that this letter by Pike to Massini is fraudulent since the letter appears in 1910. But you know what? I'm I'm really not sure why this would matter so much because World War One begins in 1914, right? Still four years before all of this. Obviously, 1871, much earlier. But still, you know, um, if this if this really does appear in 1910, I don't know. I I still don't see the problem with um, citing its accuracy. So. Albert Pike's strategy has been corroborated by numerous authorities in this subject, uh, such as Dr. Dennis L. Cuddy, a Ph.D., um, also in the Power Elite's Use of Wars and Crises by Anthony J. Hilder, and in Pawns in the Game 
published in 1954 by William Guy Carr. That Pawns in the Game book is the one where there's like a $30 FBI uh, redacted version, and it literally says FBI edition on the cover. Or you can go ahead and spend like $300, $400, $500. Get yourself on a list and get the full version of Pawns in the Game. It's something that I really do want to... uh, come across but i'm not buying that shit online for sure because you know i'm gonna be talking about it if i get my hands on it so um gotta kind of lay low with stuff like that it's very interesting though right when you see clearly the fbi having a problem with something like this book being put out but instead of removing it altogether gonna redact it make your own version that is safe for you and your uh you know interests right strange strange stuff Now, bear with me when I am reading through part of this letter um, from Pike to Massini, dated August 15th, 1871. Again, not appearing until, um, shit, 40 years later, 1910 or so. Um, A lot of stuff is discussed uh, in intimate fashion. It seems like something at least that's portrayed to be a conversation between two men. Um, Obviously, a one-way conversation in a letter, the old school letters, right? Now... I, I tend to believe this stuff. I don't want you to just believe this just because I believe it. And maybe someone has some information out there saying that this is 100% false. This makes sense to me. And I've seen it cited multiple times. And again, I believe this. But that doesn't mean you need to. Um, a lot of things are discussed here. And I've actually cited uh, part of the Third World War passage in a previous episode relating to the satanic... Um, New Age religion and and all this stuff, the one world global religion. You're about to see the entire three parts. If you hadn't heard this already about World War One, the Second World War and the Third World War, which supposedly has not happened yet. Maybe we're in the beginning of this. I tend to think we are not, though, according to the uh, 66 percent rate that Albert Pike has hit so far. And uh, you'll see what I'm getting at, because we are not seeing the Third World War form just yet. So, uh, without further ado, Albert Pike says this. The First World War must be brought about in order to permit the Illuminati to overthrow the power of the Tsars in Russia and of the making that country a fortress of atheistic communism. The divergences caused by the Agentur, or the agents of the Illuminati, between the British and Germanic empires will be used to foment this war. At the end of the war... Communism will be built and used in order to destroy the other governments and in order to weaken the religions. I would say 100% accurate here, not only with the sides of the First World War, but communism really sneaking in and making itself very, very popular among the dumb people. And um, I don't know if it's weakening religions necessarily, but I would say that religion is weakening And spirituality is setting in, right? Um, I'll get more into that later here. But he goes on to say this about the Second World War. The Second World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences between the fascists and the political Zionists. This war must be brought about so that fascism is destroyed and that the political Zionism be strong enough to institute a sovereign state of Israel in Palestine. During the Second World War... International communism must must become strong enough in order to balance Christendom, which would be then restrained and held in check until the time when we would need it for the final social cataclysm. 
Very interesting there too, right? Israel becomes a state after World War II, right there in Palestine, and these people are fighting ever since this is created. Now, obviously, the Jews and the Palestinians have been fighting forever, but um, it's really become a, a, a just a, a massive point of contention. Democrats usually siding with the Palestinians, Republicans usually siding with the Israelis, the Jews, and um, forever they fight, right? It's... Um, Almost poetic if it wasn't so so dangerous. Now, this is a longer one, and forgive me for any fumbles that I make here with this one. Some big words, okay? But um, the, the second part of this is truly disturbing to me. And you know me, I'm not an overly religious person, but this is just truly incredible stuff. This is movie shit, honestly, um, in my opinion. But Pike goes on to say this to Massini about the Third World War here. The Third World War must be fomented by taking advantage of the differences caused by the Ajantur, the agent of the Illuminati, between the political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world. This is why people were freaking out about ISIS, right? As they should have been, but it was theater. The war must be conducted in such a way that the Islam, the Muslim Arabic world, and political Zionism, the state of Israel, mutually destroy each other. Meanwhile, the other nations, once more divided on this issue, will be constrained to fight to the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economical exhaustion. We shall, and this is the part that is very, very disturbing to me. We shall unleash the nihilists and the atheists, and we shall provoke a formidable social cataclysm, which in all its horror will show clearly to the nations the effect of absolute atheism origin of savagery, and the most bloody turmoil. Then, everywhere, the citizens obligated to defend themselves against the world minority of revolutionaries will exterminate those destroyers of civilization and the uh, multitude disillusioned with Christianity whose deistic spirits will form uh, will from that moment be without compass or direction, anxious for an ideal, but without knowing where to render its adoration, will receive the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure doctrine of Lucifer, brought finally out into the public view. This manifestation will result from the general reactionary movement, which will follow the destruction of Christianity and atheism, both conquered and exterminated at the same time. Wild shit. I mean, if this is a plan then we know exactly where they're going with this. I'm not saying 100% that this is accurate. Again, I believe it to be real. I believe this to be authentic information. That's why I'm sharing it. Who knows if I'll find something out, you know, a couple weeks down the road that'll change my mind. But damn, this is interesting, okay? And again, if you've listened for, to the show for a while, you may have heard me read that passage of the powers that be viewing the Christians and the atheists as one and the same. Um their end goal, making them realize that they're the same and all of them wanting something to look for. Because at the end of the day, atheists want to believe in something. They believe in the lack of things, right? And the lack of a creator. That's a belief. It is a religion. If there is some concrete thing that we could all believe in after we've been traumatized to the highest extent, that would be your antichrist. That would be Lucifer working through the antichrist. It's crazy stuff. Now, how did Pike know that this would play out? 
He couldn't have been the only one really behind these massive formations and changes of the most powerful institutions on earth, right? So think about this. In the early 1520s, when Martin Luther started challenging the Pope's authority and sort of exposed their supposed monopoly of holy access to God, this seems to be another planned out chapter in history where the good guys are working with the bad guys in order to cause some sort of splintering in society of sorts. Now, whether this is for good or for bad, these events seem to always lead to the end goal of a one-world society, a one-world government, a one-world economy, a one-world neighborhood. It all sounds so nice, but we know that if there is a one-world society, there is a one-world leader, and the Bible tells us that this would be the Antichrist, and this would be of the dark forces. This would be Luciferian, Satanic in nature. Don't get it twisted. Luciferian and Satanism are the same thing. Just because certain organizations tell you that they are different doesn't mean that they're right. I view them as absolutely the same, and I think it's a big trick. Uh, there's that TikTok and uh, you know, Instagram trend. I don't have TikTok, but I see the TikTok logo in this trend. Uh, of the Year Zero song from Ghost BC, where they say the six names of the devil. I think it's uh, Belial, Behemoth, um, Osmodius, Satan, Lucifer. Um, what is the... Th the Belial, Behemoth, Osmodius, Satan. I, I'm forgetting one. It's probably good. I don't need to just say six names of the devil here. But they're showing pictures of their dog making these goofy faces, right? If the devil is Lucifer... The devil's Satan. Those guys know their stuff over there. Ghost BC. Good band. Good music. Um, very, very uh, satanic and Luciferian in nature. But um, catchy tunes. You know, Satan is the choir master. Lucifer is the choir master. They themselves are saying right there in a catchy TikTok trend that Satan and Lucifer is the same thing. So is Behemoth, Belial, all these different names, right? Um, that was just something that jumped out to me as I'm kind of going here off of uh you know my my planned out stuff it, it's a funny trend it's hilarious you see these dogs making demon faces and stuff uh i'm tempted to do it but i feel like there's some weird shit that you know these electronics and the way that they're being used right now um i'm gonna do an episode hopefully with my buddy colorado dank kind of exposing some of this stuff in a different way he showed me some stuff today that is fucking wild it's terrifying the stuff that he's asking this uh entity we'll say and um i'm not i'm not gonna put anyone listening to my show at risk of any kind of like uh you know spiritual attack or anything but jesus it is scary stuff that's out there and technology is being used in order to bring in this dark dark shit so let me get back to this though i can go sidetracked real easily with this stuff because it is all around us and i've been really focused on this stuff uh, really, really lately because I think that a lot of us are being led astray and I'm just some dummy out here that wants to do right. Um, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see who ends up being right and who ends up being wrong. But I'll get back by saying this. Um, for good or for bad, these events that we see throughout history always lead to the end goal of a one world society, kind of getting back to the whole idea of Martin Luther translating the Bible from, I believe, Latin into German and uh, into some other languages that are easily understandable. And again, removing that that barrier to God's word 
And when you look at this stuff from an outside perspective and you're you're inquisitive and and you don't have a bias in any which way, shape or form, it's fairly easy to see that that all of this stuff is leading to some end goal where the powers that be are making a religion more accessible in this case. Um, They're making it seem like it was because of one radical dude that was rebelling against the church, right? Now, I have my suspicions that the church endorsed this at the highest levels, this whole Martin Luther movement. I'm not saying that they were 100% behind Luther, um, but they definitely saw the future benefit to his actions, getting more and more people... Um, they know that technology is going to progress in some way. I'm sure that they couldn't comprehend the internet and stuff like that back then, maybe. Um, but I'm sure that they knew that this exposure of the word of God was inevitable. So, yeah, maybe Martin Luther's killed, and um, maybe he did act alone. But it, it sure seems like they probably endorsed this stuff at the highest levels. They knew it was going to happen, potentially. And... Um, some parts of them wanted this. Maybe they could have held it off a little longer in their opinions or, you know, if their will was actually carried out 100%. But it seems like um, I, I really do believe good wins in the end. And uh, whether Martin Luther was acting on behalf, uh, whether he was an Illuminati agentur, as they say, um, I think that at the end of the day, what was accomplished there was good, right? Um, so side note there, but... What does that say about Martin Luther and the whole church in general, the relationship that they had? I'm sure that you can come up with your own conclusions, but this in all likelihood also was the very beginning of the foundation of the idea of the United States. Not the United States itself. The United States comes around two centuries plus after this, but this would be the new world order idea. Now think about that. The new world order being the breakaway from the old system. The breakaway of the church having the knowledge and the access to God, okay. The the if we're talking about the 1500s, where where the church has the only access to God, and then Martin Luther makes it more available, that is a similar idea from a non-religious perspective, as what you see with the United States in 1776 breaking away from the crown. The crown has the authority, right, and the United States breaks away and says, "Fuck your authority." We're going about this our own way, and we're going to have our own authority. The sovereign citizen will have its own authority, and the government will be the servants of the people. It's the same idea. This is the New World Order idea. The Novos Ordo Seclorum, the New Order of the Ages, is what that idea is. So I actually truly believe that that you know these seeds are being sown all throughout time, but in a fairly modern um Example with Martin Luther, fairly modern, right? This is several hundred years ago. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy shit here. But the the idea of the new world order challenging authority and moving away from the global hierarchy here, um, at least from a layman's perspective, I would say. Again, I don't claim to be a genius, but this just makes so much sense to me. Breaking away from somebody that says that they have the authority and they have the higher ground on a topic or some sort of uh, angle of a discussion Man, breaking away from that seems to be a new idea. It's a radical idea. It's a new thought, new world order. And I'm going to break into this whole idea of the new world order being the same as the old world order because that is some some weird stuff and it gets very confusing. But, um, you know, the founders of the United States pretended that they didn't like 
the idea of like the Holy Roman Empire, the royal bloodlines, the old world and that system with the serfs and the slaves and all this stuff. Well, at the same time, they're doing everything to uphold those institutions, right? From the inception. So they formed their own controlled opposition known as the United States. These founding fathers were tapped into all Freemasons, all all people that support the idea of the old world, but they're going against it. And people are able to die in these situations. People are nothing but pawns in the game, as that book states, right? So, yes, you're going to lose quite a few pawns in this situation. And many, many people are going to die. Many good people are going to die, but it's for a greater good and a greater experiment, which we I think we can all acknowledge that the United States was an experiment of some sort. So America, controlled from its inception by the same anti-human figures who we will never be able to name, is out here pretending that they're the beacon of hope, beacon of light, Lucifer, right? Uh, for the entire world and the, and the world that wants to get on the same page as the United States and the West, right? You have the West, you have the East, communism, you have all these things. The West, it seems like this noble force, this radical force that's good, but it is really tough to know exactly who's on the right side of all this stuff, um, especially as we go on. Um, and I should say that the Holy Roman Empire, if I'm remembering things correctly, again, not a big history buff here. I need to become more of one. But uh, the Holy Roman Empire fell in the early 1800s, I believe, in the first decade of the 1800s. But it's, in my opinion, it's the way that we feel about the Nazi Party and the Third Reich, right? It's this rebranding of the Holy Roman Empire. Um, the Holy Roman Empire becoming the Third Reich, becoming the United States, becoming the Western ideology of government and how things should be ran. The mafia, I mean, I think this is why the fucking, you know, Italians and the Japanese, they they work in with this. Japan is known for its gangsters, right? The Yakuza. Italy, known for the mafia. Germany, unfortunately, kind of known for the Nazis. These three entities work together in this holy trinity of death, it seems. I should say unholy trinity of death. And we're still buddy-buddy with all these countries today. I mean, the, J Japan is considered to be the West, even though it's the land of the rising sun, farthest east you can get on the map. This is part of the West. They're very westernized. Italy, very westernized. France, whole country of Freemasons. A lot of history with, with Freemasons, I should say. N Germany, a lot of dark stuff there with Prussia and all that shit. Man, uh, you know, we're just taking notes from these people and we're following the same mobster tactics within our government. And it's very clear. You got to pay your little fee in order to operate in this area. You can't make your own money without kissing the ring and paying the boss. This is what it is. This is what it has been really since the inception of the United States. And it was always that intent to see how crazy it can get, how proud you can make a people, how proud you can, um, you know, make make some causes. You say that this country is founded on Christian morals and beliefs. Man, um, I'd say everything is opposite when it comes to this country being founded on Christian morals and beliefs. But let me get back to, um, you know, we, we kind of jumped ahead a little bit to like the, the fall of the Holy Roman Empire in the 1800s, early 1800s. Let's get back to like the era of Martin Luther. Um Keep in mind that around this same time of him, a little after this, 
right? Ignatius of Loyola founds the Society of Jesus, better known as the Jesuits. This is a society that every good follower of Jesus could fall for if they didn't realize that it's a satanic organization using the name of Jesus to trick suckers into supporting these political strong-arm organizations, basically, right? And they hide behind 501c3 status. Really, really showing their colors in true times of chaos and crisis, like uh, during our recent pandemic, right? These churches literally falling in line with Pfizer and the science in hope that daddy government won't shut them down and prevent them from tricking these dirty sinners into buying their way into heaven with a couple of bucks every week. The Lord needs your cash. The Lord needs that money, okay? Uh, You can buy yourself into heaven if you just throw a couple bucks in that bin. It's crazy. It is insane that that these churches are able to get away with this stuff. And, And if you don't realize that churches out there are simply playing into the narrative of the government, this is why they're tax exempt. Who who enacts the taxes? Who makes these taxes a law? The government. If you don't want to pay taxes, guess what you got to do? Follow the government. Come on. It's so basic. I know a lot more people are catching on to this, but everyone should know this by now. So let's get into the Society of Jesus stuff a little bit and the Jesuits, right? The Jesuits' job is to get the power back to the Pope at all costs, right? We have the illusion that the Pope doesn't have an insane amount of power and the black nobility, which is tied in with the Great White Brotherhood, um, a little bit. Uh, I mean, high, high levels of society here. Huge. I mean, I, I'm not even sure who would be in charge of the black nobility, possibly the black pope. Uh, but yeah, this is um, high level shit here above your Freemasons, maybe on par with like the Atonists. I don't know exactly how high, but I know if we're talking about this pyramid structure, they're a lot closer to the top than even the middle of the pyramid this black nobility is okay um i'm sure you've all heard of it but still now talking about those special privileges that i was referring to with the taxes and all these things do you know who gave the churches one of their great privileges one of their tax privileges right the 501c3 stuff i'm curious if you know who actually made this possible it's more recent than you might think I'll give you a hint. It was the first Catholic president's vice president. He did this nine years before that Catholic was shot dead in the street in front of the entire world in a ritualistic manner. <laughs> Lyndon B. Johnson brought churches into the 501c3 umbrella um, in 1954 when he was a senator. So Maybe this is the real reason why JFK was forced to kind of choose Johnson as a running mate, because I'm sure that his sway over the South was not nearly as important as doing the church's bidding, right? I'm pretty sure that a decent-looking young man that was very well-spoken would have some pretty good pull over the Southern Democrats. Come on. Um, I am 100% convinced that the reason that Lyndon B. Johnson actually became president for a short amount of time after his president was murdered uh, is because of this, um, you know, bringing in, uh, you know, breaking bread with the churches and and allowing them to be completely tax exempt. And this is when you you really start seeing criminals starting churches, 
1954 when Lyndon B. Johnson as a senator brought the churches in to the 501c3 category. Tax exemption, baby. It's it's a beautiful thing. So anyway, uh, the Jesuits take an oath to do whatever it takes to remove Protestants and Masons specifically from the power structure of society, or at least they used to. And they sure seem to be working together these days more often, I would say, right? You do hear this theory that supposedly if you're a Mason, you can't be a Jesuit and vice versa. Again, Protestants, the Wasps mostly making up the Masons and the Catholics making up the Jesuits, right? Now, I have this wild quote. And again, as far as speaking to the validity of this, I did a little research. I didn't see this entered into the uh, Library of Congress, but... I, I would see why they would want this removed if this was 100% factual. Um, this is a little too specific for me to not believe this. So, again, do what you want with this information. Believe it or don't believe it. I don't really give a fuck. But this is from some pretty scary stuff about what the Jesuits believe, and it's very dark. This is a quote from the Jesuit Oath of Office in the 62nd Congress. This would be under Taft, who was a Unitarian, by the way. He was not a Catholic. This is the quote here. I do promise and declare that I will, when opportunity presents, make and wage relentless war, secretly or openly, against all heretics, Protestants, and Masons, as I am directed to do, to extirpate and exterminate them from the face of the whole earth, and that I will spare neither age, sex, nor condition, and that I will burn, hang, waste, boil, Flay, strangle, bury alive these infamous heretics. Open up the stomachs and wombs of their women and crush their infants' heads against the wall in order to annihilate their execrable race. That when the same cannot be done openly, I will secretly use the poison cup, the strangulation cord, the steel of the poniard, or the leaden bullet, regardless of the honor, rank, dignity, or authority of the person's whatever be their condition in life, either public or private, as I at any time may be directed to do by any agent of the Pope or superior of the Brotherhood of the Holy Faith of the Society of Jesus. Again, the quotes from the Jesuit oath shown here were entered into the Congressional Record, the 62nd Congress, 3rd Session, House Bill 1523, of the Library of Congress. So again, very specific. I looked around for this. I did not see it. But this seems like something that would be kind of overwritten, right? Again, believe what you want. I'm not saying this is 100% factual, but I buy it. I know how the Jesuits kind of operate to an extent. I'm not saying I know much about them, but um, as far as like the inner, inner workings, but they're definitely very uh, insidious to say the very, very least. I really do think that they have gotten their tentacles into every possible group that we could name, um, even some that we can't. You know, it's like the uh, the New World Order, right? The NWO takes its name from the New Order of the Ages, that Novo Ordo Seclorum. And uh, this is what the United States was founded on. And, and I, I kind of hinted at this earlier, but follow me through this here. The United States being founded, being the new world order, was saying no to the old world order, no to the king and queen, no to unfair taxes and the you know serf slave debt system. 
no to all this corruption, no to anyone ruling over an individual, right? And yes to being sovereign citizens and having dangerous freedom, as it was always referred to and quite frankly still is. Once the new order of the ages had separated itself from the old world order through secret societies, um, you know, the Illuminati founded right around the foundation of the, the United States and gained support from old world powers like France and, you know, these societies where, um, you know, everyone is just trying to break away from these power structures. These groups are then infiltrated by guess who? The old world order. You might have said the Jesuits. I kind of set you up for that. But yes, the old world order, these power structures, which the Jesuits are, by the way, right? The old world order is going to start interfering with the new world order and the idea. The new world order was meant to be a good thing, I do believe. I really do believe this. And it's crazy to say that my logo of this show pokes fun at the whole new world order symbolism, but I truly do believe that this was meant to be something good or at least appear good, right? It's tough to know because who set up this idea of the new world order of the United States? I feel like it was some old world order people, some um, some agenteurs as we heard earlier, right? So this is a pretty interesting idea. The secret societies warring against the church who represent the devil more often than not, um, more often than they represent God, for sure. These church, these groups are actually the original good guys who created the underground networks to try and live their own way. But over the centuries, these societies hell bent on overpowering the church, which, you know, the church protected by these masters of infiltration, having unlimited funds are then infiltrated and turned into the exact thing that they set out to overthrow. So you support one side, you're feeding into the evil agenda, and you support the rival side. Guess what? You're feeding into the often same exact damn evil agenda, or it's a few degrees separated. It's oftentimes not the exact opposite side, and it's every time not in your best interest to support either of these sides. It's the same concept of the Democrats and the Republicans, but on a global scale and using religion and philosophy and morality over just politics. Politics is such a small idiot person's game when it comes to like a way of life, right? And you know how you hear the phrase these days uh, that we're in a spiritual war, right? The the whole uh, New World Order agenda is a spiritual war. Well, guess what? This is an attempt in my opinion at least, to bring and and to push people back into the church in one way or another. We have a society that's really drifted away from religion, and we heard this talked about earlier from Albert Pike when he's saying that communism will make people fall away from religion, and this has absolutely been the case since World War I, really. He said that World War II was going to kick this into high gear. Since World War I, communism has had a hold on a lot of the world, and, you know, when fucking in the in the 80s during the Cold War, when, when the Cold War ended, I should say, when Reagan said that capitalism beat communism, no, it didn't. It absolutely did not. We were told that so that we would go to sleep and we would think that capitalism is the best possible system and it reigns supreme 10 times out of 10. That didn't happen at all. Communism is still very much alive. Look at China. Okay? Now, 
if we have the society that drifted away from religion, which we do, now they're getting us back in this old world system. They're going to find ways that all of us that are having the special relationship with God, and to, to be clear, I do believe that everyone has their own special relationship with God, and I think that's how it should stay. But if everyone is encouraged to have their own relationship with God by the powers that be and by the new media, which is social media, which is TikTok, which is Instagram, and, and always remember that TikTok is ran by your enemy. The CCP runs TikTok, and they have no interest in you being a smart citizen. This is why they show the shit that they show on TikTok. It's a bunch of bullshit. Even the conspiracies they show on there, I, I recommend everyone get away from TikTok, but no one will because it's addicting. Uh, this is like telling a drug addict, you know, quit taking drugs. This would be like you telling me to quit drinking. I'd be like, hey, maybe I'll slow down, but I ain't quitting. You know what I mean? Everyone has their addiction, and too many people are addicted to TikTok because of the dopamine. So... People are addicted to weed. People like to act like they're not addicted to weed. Yeah, you're addicted to weed, okay? Uh, you're no better than me. But yeah, there's a, there's a, a crazy phenomenon going on here where people of the old world order, as I like to call it, opposite of the new world order, are the new world order. <laughs> and I'll, I'll really solidify this earlier because I know it's confusing and it's muddy. These people are pushing us right back into this, this old world system. They're getting us back to the church. Remember, the Jesuits want the, the power of the world to go back to the Pope. This is why there's a lot of theories, and I think the Bible actually says that the very last Pope will be the Antichrist. This will be that one world leader. The goal of the Jesuits, which I think is a satanic society, and it's even worse that they say that they're a society of Jesus, they want us to go back to the Pope. They want the Pope to have the power over everybody. More power than the President of the United States. More power than the international bankers. It's very disturbing here. So you see all these people forming their own new religions. Getting in touch with nature. Getting in touch with the creation and not the creator. That's going to become a church. You realize that, right? It's already a church. Instagram, TikTok, those are churches at this point conspiracy it's a church it's all these people that have similar ideas and they get together and they talk about it this stuff is infiltrated by people that have your worst interests in mind so just keep that in mind whenever you're whenever you're getting excited about somebody some new channel or something that man this really speaks to me this is how cults are formed there is a cult of all of this stuff out there there's a cult of the idea of the independent thinker. That is a cult. It's become a cult. Everything is a cult, especially with the United States addictive personality, right? We've all found ourselves in this very, very interesting position, and we're going right into this trap that the Jesuits and the old world order, which is the new world order too, have set for us. They've set this trap so eloquently over centuries and we're at the, the the very, very precipice of what we're, we're going to see what happens here very soon. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's fucking crazy, honestly. The, the intricacies in this plan, um, at least from like the shit that I can see as an idiot, 
I know for a fact that if everyone spent the time that I looked into this stuff, or even half the time probably, could understand exactly what's going on. There is no right answer. There's no black and white answer to any of this stuff. So basically, we're fucked. Uh, Things are going to get bad, I believe. I do believe this. But uh, at the same time, I really don't like pushing fear porn. So I'm, I'm finding myself in this position where I believe things are going to get bad, and I'm saying that they are. But should we be afraid? Fuck no. Who gives a fuck? You have your faith. Be confident in yourself. Have protection. And I think that there's more good people out there than there is bad. There's a lot more weak people out there than there are brave. So that's, a, that's an issue. I think that we need to create more brave people. And we need to create more tough people. This is why masculinity is under attack. This is why feminism is being propped up. Because if you're overly feminine, you're not tough. Even if you're a woman and you're feminine, you're not tough. Women have masculine properties too. And men are increasingly getting in touch with their feminine side. And I think it's a very bad thing. Toxic masculinity is why you're breathing today. I don't care who you are, what country you're in. Toxic masculinity is the sole purpose that you're alive. Okay? (laughs) Your ancestors either conquered something or were able to fight off conquerors. Think about it. So... Little tangent there, I understand, but still, it's important stuff. This all has shit to do with it. So going back to the spiritual war idea, we're finding ourselves in a spiritual war, factually. But for the the reason, same reasons that I, I believe that the old world order is the same as the new world order, the spiritual push is the same as a religious push. It's a new age religion. It's a new world order. <laughs> it's an old age religion. It's an old world order. It's the same thing. And again, I understand that this is confusing stuff. I'm not acting like I fully understand it, but I do know that we're being told that certain things are going on and we're being very, very misled by people that are agenteurs, agents of the old slash new world order. These are one and the same now. If you were living 200, 300 years ago, you would be a fan of the new world order. But it, ha- it would have gotten infiltrated as your grandkids are, you know, coming of age and your great, great grandkids and you're long gone. No longer are you going to support the new world order because it's something completely different. Just like churches. Churches used to be decent. Now they're horrible. I don't recommend anyone go to church. Especially these churches that are sitting there telling you that they're really on your side. They're not. They found a way to capitalize off this stuff. There's a new, uh, there's a new food company. That's like, uh, you know, my Patriot Supply, which just capitalized on all the paranoid patriots, right? Because patriots in the title, how, how they can't possibly not be patriots. There's this one new one called Heaven's Harvest. And it's uh, talking, it, it literally, uh, the commercials are so cringy, talks about how pestilence and famine and all this stuff is, is coming, right? Just like the Bible said. So we're going to sell you the food that you need. Heaven's Harvest, right? It's sick. It's a sick way to market. It's a genius, but it's sick, right? Uh, a lot of people say Hitler was a genius. He was. He was an evil genius. These marketing companies are tapping into people's stupidity and their naivete and, uh, you know, falling right in line with this stupid, stupid agenda that so many fucking companies and uh, marketers are able to tap into because they could not give a fuck about you and your morals. They care about what's in your wallet. It's like Capital One. Shout out.
sponsor the show. So yeah, we are seeming to be moving back into a feudal age um, where the elite can do anything and, and peons like us will be lucky to not drink poison water and, you know, hopefully eat some healthy sources of protein that aren't bugs and GMO, heavily modified antibiotic, steroid pumped protein. Um, you know, there's that old idea of the king's deer where if a peasant killed the deer in the forest and got caught trying to eat it, they'd be punished, uh, oftentimes, you know, put to death because that's the king's deer. That deer doesn't belong to you. That's the king's deer. You eat bugs. You eat your gruel while, uh, you know, the elite get to eat like this, the, get to, you know, partake in luxuries in life, which is, you know, quality meat. So if the Jesuits infiltrating their arch enemies, the Protestant heavy Freemasons, with agents like this Albert Pike, right? Because we're told Albert Pike's a Freemason. I believe he's a Jesuit. And I think that there's a lot of evidence to say that he was a Jesuit, posing as a Freemason. Again, the most influential Freemason. People will tell you it's Benjamin Franklin. I heavily disagree. It's absolutely Albert Pike. This guy is actually a Jesuit. That means that this is how good they are at infiltrating things. Take your favorite hero in any situation. I'm sure there's a Jesuit in his bloodline in some situation. Whether it's, I mean, I don't want to say any names, honestly. But, I mean, think of a, a popular figure, especially politically speaking. And especially in the older days. There's probably a Jesuit in that bloodline. Um, whether they're admitting that they're Catholic or not. There's a lot of these things uh, that you see repeated in pop culture and in entertainment. And in uh, positions of power and all these things. So if this Jesuit Albert Pike um, pretends that he is a Protestant or something, I, I don't, I'm not 100% sure what religion Pike was, to be honest. But if the theory here is correct and he's actually a Jesuit posing as um, a Freemason, which again, are tribals, right? If this is the case, and then he's the one that really is pushing the idea that Lucifer is the god of the Masons, which many Masons today still believe this to be the original fact, I tend to not believe this in the beginning. I think that the Freemasons may have started out believing in something different. Um, I know that what they say today is you need to believe in a god, at especially the lower levels. But um, supposedly, as you climb up that staircase, you get uh, closer and closer to Lucifer, the light bearer. Man, uh, it's just more more of this lying, more of the idea that some outside enemy comes in and taints your organization. Again, not saying that people should support the Masons, but I'm not saying that it's today what it was when it started. So um, this is just, of course, according to this theory. This is the idea that an outsider steps in and, and completely flips an organization upside down. This is what the Satanists like to do, though. So uh, very, very well played. But uh, if this is the case, very well played. But, um, you know, making shit confusing for sure. If you have Jesuits posing as their enemy and saying that they worship the devil, then most people out there are going to feel that the Freemasons are devil worshipers. And maybe rightfully so, again. Um 
I've believed this, you know, essentially the entire time that I knew about the Freemasons. And to be clear, I, I do think that a fair amount of these high-level Masons do continue to worship the devil because they've been influenced and manipulated by high-level Jesuits and very tricky Jesuits unknowingly. So it's a tough situation. You cannot pick a side here. If two assholes are fighting, sometimes it's okay to say, fuck them both. Let them beat each other to death. Don't step in and uh, and support either side. And most people do. Most people say that, yeah, the Jesuits and the Freemasons are both bad. But um, so I want that to be clear that I'm not endorsing the Freemasons behavior because they got infiltrated. They were stupid enough to get infiltrated. OK. And now at this point, the Jesuits and the Masons are one and the same. A lot of Freemasons are Jesuits today. I, I, I'm a 99 percent sure of that. But let's get back to Pike here a little more. I mentioned him. Um, I want to kind of tie this back to him uh, since he is kind of the focus of this episode here. To be clear, again, um, according to this theory, Pike was a Jesuit posing as his sworn enemy, a Freemason. And the Masons today are the Jesuits. And the real ideals of the Masons are at best heavily compromised. And at very worst, they're just dead altogether. So maybe we don't even know what the Masons initial belief system was because it's been so tainted by some Jesuit influence. And at the same time, the same thing would go for the old world versus the new world orders. And in fact, actually Pike, being an old world agent, sabotaging the forward thinking of the Freemasons, you can say that same thing, that again, the old world order poses as the sworn enemy, the new world order, and the new world order today is the old world order, and this real ideal system of the NWO is at best case heavily compromised by the old world order or at worst case dead altogether, right? It's the same idea, the Jesuits versus the Freemasons, the old world versus the new world orders. The Jesuits seem to have won out and the old world order seems to have won out over the new world order. Usually progression is good, usually, but it's gotten to a point where we're going so far ahead so quickly with an infinite amount of genders and an infinite amount of technology and artificial intelligence and all these things that the old world wants to bring in the old school slave system using new technology. So not only are you a slave, you're tracked, not just with numbers and a, and a tattoo like the Nazis used with GPS location technology and shit. And think about this, you know, when you hear the idea that the United States is a beacon of hope for the rest of the world and it's standing in the way of the new world order, it's such a confusing thing to agree or disagree with after you hear this stuff, right? After you hear the idea that the old world order is the new world order and vice versa, Jesuits or Freemasons, who's who, I don't know, no one fucking knows because they're so good at mixing things up, making it so confusing. It's what's that game with the three cups uh, or the three card Monty, right? You, you are so confused and these high level magicians are so good at misdirection that there is no possible way that somebody that doesn't dedicate their entire life to this will have any idea what's going on. And worse yet, we need an entire nation or an entire world to dedicate their life to knowing what's going on in order to actually fight back on it and be so confident that, you know, we can fight back against this very small minority 
that's in control of so many, but they're so good at what they do that this one for every 5,000 or more people can control all those people, right? They're so damn good at it, and they've been taught generation through generation how to do this and how to master the manipulation and how to how to really cover their tracks on all sides that it really is a lost cause to get upset about it. But the more people know, the more I think, you know, there's at least a fighting chance. But also know this, you know, we don't want the old world order either, right? Um, Know that the United States is an experiment in seeing the resolve of what was originally a country of brave, strong, innovative men and women. And it's all a game to these entities at the top of society. All of this stuff is a game. Presidents and world leaders can be sacrificed in these people's minds, right? I'm not saying that this is a good thing when these happen. I'm in no way threatening anyone at any level of society. I think people know that. But um, it doesn't matter if you're if you're some, some person bagging groceries at a, at a grocery store or if you're the president of the most powerful country in the world, in heavy quotes, the United States, right? Um, you're expendable. And they've shown that on multiple occasions. Yeah, we're all pawns in the game, as that um, very interesting book states. But also know that there's an incredibly diluted and confusing history in the United States. And this will bring me into kind of this next chapter of this episode. And this stuff dates back to the foundation and, uh, you know, this double crossing and this infiltration that I mentioned with the Jesuits and the Masons and the old world versus new world. Um, This infiltration is in America's DNA since the inception of this nation. And yes, the Jesuits seem to be at the very center of all of this conflict, including this in the modern day United States and really not just, the United States, but since Ignatius of Loyola founded the Jesuits, they've been at uh, the center of many, many conflicts around the entire world. And when the United States was in its infancy in the you know mid 1800s, right? Obviously, 1776 is when it gets popping. But uh, you know, mid 1800s, very young country, Jesuits are teaming up with Native Americans to deter Protestant settlers from moving from the east of the country over to the Oregon Territory. Remember the game Oregon Trail? Shout out. Fucking fun-ass game. Remember in uh, school, we used to play that shit on floppy disk. It was dope. But there's this character, Jesuit de Smet, um, and he begins this lifelong friendship with a few very high-level chiefs, ranging from the Midwest to... Well, folks, get the rest of the episode over at patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. I continue this little saga of Jesuit DeSmet and the Native Americans and their history. Also getting into uh, Giuseppe Massini a little more and the Jesuit hold over the United States with teamed up with the Freemasons, of course. And I go through some very interesting memes from the original source of this episode that exposes a lot of stuff. It's honestly pretty interesting shit. So I hope to see you over there and thank you for your support. Thank you.